Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS. 1220 and 98.1. All right. Each week we have a show called the Ask Brian Show, and each week we have to explain to people why Brian is spelled with an E, A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, because most people say when I was going to school, Brian was spelled B-R-Y-A-N or B-R-I-A-N, and where in the world did he come up with Brian, B-R-I-A-N? I mean, I could understand if your last name was O'Brien. You know, that's Irish, so that's why people use O'Brien. I'm, I got to admit, I go to O'Brien's pubs every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place, especially on St. Patty's Day. And, of course, we have Patty around today. We though have- I'm not a saint, though. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's laughing, you too. You are in my eyes. She's laughing, you too. You are in my eyes. <laughs> no, Patty is a saint in my eyes. Aw, Tracy. As, as opposed to St. Peter's, which is a very famous uh, saint. All right, so, <laughs> but each week, the Ask Brian Show tries to strive to teach people something about business, to encourage people to learn, to maybe get enough, watching enough episodes, you will actually learn how to create a business, start a business, scale a business, and be successful. That's our goal each week, and each week we have our engineer, Emily! Hi. <laughs> Wow, Emily, you sound so excited. Um, Hey, don't give away the ease. Don't give away the ease, miss. What are you doing? All right, so we don't always have this every week, but we are have had blessed to have a couple weeks together where Patrick, the former engineer, now a supervising engineer. Are you a supervising engineer? Sure, let's go with that. Oh my God! Wait a second. Did you guys hear that southern accent? I heard the I heard the southern little I heard the southern twang. I heard it. Yeah, I I am rubbing off on a New Yorker. Well, I can do rubbing off on. I can do Georgian like uh, like our co-host. I am a New Yorker, (laughs) so I can get my soda wherever I want. And soda was an ER, and I can multitask, which is a very good thing about our show today. Multitasking because we are talking about. Time management, but uh, we are honored today to have Patrick on our show. Oh, so honored! <laughs> Thank you. And, and 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 I'm waiting for the sounds. Where's the applause? Can you get applause? I'm here for the applause. Applause. I mean, Emily, do you have an applause button or something? <laughs> do, 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 do. I, think it, I don't think it worked. How's that? Right. N- needs more cowbell. Oh, so. <laughs> All right. You can use that one. Whoa, That's not bad. God, that I thought was a screeching cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's little kids. The, the so conference is now unlocked. The what? The conference is now unlocked. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> oh, man. So, Patrick, yes, why is Brian hi. spelled with an E, and what is the significance of the E other than the word excellent? And excited. Because we already covered that one. Well, I guess we did, and engineer. All right, all right, fair, fair, fair. But well, you know, we we do have a couple minutes here to. We go do, we do. Our, sh- our shtick. That doesn't start with an E, but fair enough. Yes, and, but sh- but S does stand for the screamer. Fair, but don't you do that right now? <laughs> I wouldn't do it now because Emily's going to take me off. I got to like wait for the right moment. <laughs> uh, 
Emily, please be on guard. And by the way, Jerry said she would come in and scream with me. <laughs> oh my. She left. No, she she actually literally think I did see her leave. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, next episode. In next episode indeed. Well, anyways, uh the E's stand for kind of like a theme of well, like kind of like what makes up Ask Brian. Well, we went through the engineers. We went through excited and excellence already, but there are others as well. We do have education because we are very educated people and we educate on this show as well. I think it's more more of that we educate as opposed to we are educated. Well, I'm, I'm, give, I'm giving every, I'm giving everybody props. Got to make oh, sure. what the high um, school? I oh, I what the high school? We went to college. We went to college. What's oh, yeah. college? I don't think. Oh, Cal Lutheran and CSUN. Bingo. Busan. CSUN. Go Matadors. Okay. Tracy's from Tucson. Really, <laughs> well, I love all this team spirit. But I just don't think that there's a lot of empathy going on here because I do think that we are all highly educated individuals. Very much so. <laughs> and yes. so are. Speak for, speak, speak for yourself. Educated. Speak for yourself, Tracy. <laughs> I I only have a high school degree. Um, well, yeah, we know. Well, then I don't really want to hire you. As, I don't want to hire you as my lawyer if that's the case. You've done a really good job of playing one on the radio. <laughs> uh, Brian is not a, a lawyer. Brian is a business person. <laughs> no, Brian is not a lawyer. That is true. <laughs> Well, anyways, because you know we're trying to do time management, uh, and our guest is going. Mm-hmm. It's anyway. <laughs> you know not anyway. To, She's saying we don't know how to prioritize. So you know, I'm sure. Anyways, that's an A. <laughs> that's wrong. Just, there's other E's, people. Any, there are other. E's. Anyways, spelled E N. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I guess. Okay, guys, you're you're Tracy, prioritizing having fun, and that is a good thing. <laughs> yes, I think so. So what are the other E's? The other E's are well, like grease, lightning, electrifying. All right, there's one. That's E for electrifying. Okay, how much? I, I need to know how much Red Bull have you had? This is insane. I've never had a Red Bull, but uh, why don't you send me some? I don't want to see. Don't him ever, don't, don't ever drink one. <laughs> don't ever. Please. I drank iced tea. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have his tea. Uh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's my problem. I think. Let's see. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, experience because everybody on the Ask Brian show is experienced in what they do. And there is also experts because everybody that comes on to the Ask Brian show is an expert in their field. What are you an expert in? Engineering, talking, communication. Whatever. And being a good person. And being a good person. Oh. Bingo. Can we have like the, uh, can we have that, no. uh, the Robert, I want to have Robert Young with the, uh, that TV show. <laughs> when he quits the like how she immediately goes, no. <laughs> well, that's a good doctor. And? Oh, man. And then there's. We're gonna run out of time before we have our guest <laughs> on. Well, I'm sorry, that. but uh, he needs to get him down. There's quicker. enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. <laughs> you already covered excitement, so I can't and, say that one. And there's eardrum, which I no longer have. <laughs> and and this one last one that I'm making up right now. Go for it. Need to have a lot of energy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Emily were not amused with that one. Well, just, wow. you need energy. Because in order to have a good positive attitude, you need to have energy, not just enthusiasm, not just excitement. And it doesn't have to be just electrified. <laughs> Are there any others? I'm blanking now. For the sake of time, I'm blanking. What is it? Well, we're not going to tell you because you didn't know, so too bad. All right, next week we'll figure it out. We're live, the Yes Brian Radio Show, and we have a very, very good guest today. Her name is... P. 
Peggy, Peggy Sullivan. Peggy, you there? I am. Nice to be here. Thank you very much, Patrick. We appreciate your coming on. He's a special guest. He doesn't come on every week, so we got to encourage, encourage another E. We got to encourage him to keep coming back. Thank you. <laughs> it's called bribes. I just have to pay him cash. Anyway, so Peggy has a lot of background, and powering is a good E that we could go over. But Peggy, what is your background? Sure. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I'm a mindset coach, and I'm the founder of a nonprofit for women called She Can. So what does mindset coach mean? I help people figure out how to be happy, how to go from surviving to thriving. I help people figure out a path that is more rewarding and more enjoyable. Well, that's pretty- I, re- I basically researched the art and the science of happiness and how to help people lead a more fulfilling life. And it's been hard, right? The last couple of months, years have been really hard for people. So I've been really busy. It's been a real challenge, but it's been really rewarding too to see how people can take their life and grab control over it and go from surviving to thriving. That's quite an impressive background you have. I mean, and when you said happiness, one of my thoughts, because it has the word happiness in it, was uh, I remember watching a good movie called Pursuit of Happiness. And that was somebody who was down on his luck, but continued to pursue, persevere, and did what he had to do to be successful. And that is actually a true story. So I totally like positive mental attitude. That's a very important topic. I think one person once told me, your uh, altitude is determined based on your attitude. So I think those things all play. So when we had discussed earlier, we were going to go over a little bit about time management. So and there's something called value-based time management. Can you explain to people what that means? Sure, I'd be, I'd be happy to. You know, over the last couple of years, it's been pretty easy to see that people are really struggling. And a lot of the reason that people are really struggling is they don't have time for what's important to them. I did a survey with a couple of thousand people about a year and a half ago during the midst of COVID, when it was just starting, and people were basically saying, I don't have time for what's important. I'm spending all my time on all these other things. I'm busy, but I'm not happy. And so I really wanted to see if I could develop a system to help people figure out how to really have time for the things in their life that they value. You know, I mean, too many people right now are saying, life is kicking my butt. You know, I'm surviving. I'm not thriving. What do I do? What can I do? And I teach them a way to figure out what's important to them and then be accountable for making sure that those things um, happen on a day-in, day-out basis. Well, uh, value-based time management. Well, Accountability is a very, very interesting concept. How do you make people accountable? I mean, it, it, isn't it up to each individual to be accountable to themselves? How do you make them accountable? Well, when you show somebody how valuable something is, when people understand how important something is, when people see the benefits of something, that usually entices them to want to make it happen, to figure out anything that they can do to make it happen. So, for example, values is really all about understanding what's important to you. It's, it's like your pathway 
to happiness. And if you don't know the things that make you happy or you don't have those everyday rituals that you incorporate in your life, you know, those those things that are fun and those things that you do just because you're fun, you know, you're really missing out on a quality of life. And so it's really about working with people and asking them, you know, can you look back on your life? When were you the most proud? What did that look like? I know for me, I love having fun and I love playing. And every day I do childlike things to give myself a sense of playing. Um, I take my 28-pound cat, I put him in a stroller and take him for a walk. And it is a lot of fun for me to do that activity and to watch how people respond. You know, fun is a value of mine. You know, another value is I love doing hard things. You know, I'm the idiot that ran my first marathon when I was 50 years old in the middle of a New York winter. You know, I, for me, have found that when I set my sights on doing something that most people give up, when I get to that finish line, I have a sense of satisfaction. So it's really about uncovering with people, you know, what is important to you? What are your values? And it's it's kind of interesting because I do this with men and with women, and men are usually pretty good about knowing what they value. You can ask them and, you know, most of the time you ask my husband, what do you value? And It'll be food-related, for sure. It'll be (laughs) sports-related, for sure. It'll include some type of golf, right? I mean, his answers are so predictable. But when you ask a woman that, who is so busy spending so much of her life taking care of other people, you know, it's a really difficult question for a woman to answer. And so I really push people to sort of go beyond the obvious. Like, what are the things that, create those wow moments in your life because we don't want to just exist. We want to have wow. We want to be excited and look forward to each day. And when you can come up with a way. So your original question was about accountability. I have a values report card that I do every single night. And I look at the values, the three or four values that I've decided are core to my happiness. And I mark myself, pass or fail. And if I fail, I'm like, holy crap, I better get on the on the boat and, you know, make sure that I have this value in my life tomorrow because this makes me happy. And so it's really all about going from that, I'm busy, I've got appointments, you know, I'm running here, running there, I don't know where the day is gone to being very conscious and mindful that you're doing things that are important to you, things that really have huge value to you. I would think regarding values, I would think they change over time. Your values when you're 13 years old versus 25 versus 45 and even 65, I would think would change over time. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You're spot on with that. You know, When we're younger, we just want to be older. When we're older, we just want to be younger, right? But, you know, if you're just starting out with a career, you know, having a title, earning money, those things are usually important to you. But as you get later in life, having time for family and friends becomes more important. You don't care as much about the car and the big house. So you are spot on. Your values change as we go through life. So when you have a to-do list, right, 
because this is time management. Mm-hmm. When you do have a to do list, how do you determine what what's the number one priority? How do you determine the priorities? Well, for me, I have a process that I go through. One thing I go through is really taking a look at something that's on my to-do list and to really understand if the effort is worth the impact. Am I going to get out of this what I'm putting into it? Because I don't know about you, like I have a grocery cart I carry around day in and day out and I collect a thousand and one things to do, but they're not all important. They all aren't rewarding for me. Some of them are time wasters. And so I go through a process of looking at how much is this effort required, how much effort is required to put into this, and how much impact am I going to get out of it. And if there's more effort than impact, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, forget it. You know, so for example, I had to go somewhere and bring a dessert. And I thought for two seconds about baking the dessert. And then I started to think about the time and the energy and you know, how much I hate cooking. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, go off to Publix and I'm going to buy a great dessert. And, you know, that's going to save me time. You know, I still accomplish the goal, but I'm not wasting my time on things that don't have value for me. That's very similar to the concept of time value of money, right? You know, you've got to do a couple of things. That's money side. It's not the only value and it's not the only aspect of life. It's a big factor though. Yeah. The other thing that I think a lot of times people get hung up on is, you know, we tend not to have a lot of balance in our life. We want to have balance, and balance is usually a key indicator in terms of happiness, but most of us, we we don't have a lot of balance in our life, and so having something as simple as balancing chart in which you, you know, evaluate yourself You know, did I take care of my health today? Did I do something fun with friends? You know, did I focus on my career, love and partnership, personal growth? You know, am I doing all these different things? And when your life is an imbalance and you're only skewing towards a couple of different things, chances are you're not as happy. Uh, The last question we had is opportunity cost. Now, the way I learned opportunity cost was if you have something, and you want to get something else, you're going to probably have to give up one thing to get what you want because there's only so many hours in a day. That's the concept. And so I just wanted to know how you interpret opportunity costs and how you determine what to give up, what you want. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, by the way. And and for me, it's the difference between being busy and being happy, right? I mean, we spend our lives being really, really busy and there are a lot of times where we're just more focused on the outcome. And so, you know, for me, opportunity cost is also about the quality of your time and whether you're spending your time and you're actually in- enjoying it. It's not just about what you get at the end of the day because you can spend your day being incredibly busy and, you know, cooking, cleaning, housework, all this other stuff, but doesn't mean you're going to have a great day. So for me, it's, it's really differentiating the difference between being busy and being happy. And there's many times multiple ways to get to the finish line, multiple ways to get something done. So when you're evaluating two things, and that thing that you need to do or or want to do or that goal 
you know, you need to take a step back and say, how can I get there most effectively and spend my time doing the things that are important to me? And I don't know if I answered your question at all, but I think I did. (laughs) I think you did. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Tracy is like stopping at the bit. Peter, I want to ask a question. What's going on? So without any further ado, and we never did ado, A-D-I-E-U, go ahead. Because you love that word because it's almost all vowels and only one consonant. <laughs> Correct. Somebody listened. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I said it just like Patty does because he always sounds like he's like the saddest person whenever he says <laughs> that. But without further ado, I would like to get into it because I, I'm just going to just go ahead and say up front and confess, admit to everyone and no one on this show except except for our guests will be surprised at this. I have time management issues. I do. I run everything up until the last minute, even when I try not to. I overschedule myself. I think I can always get one more thing in. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but in a lot of ways, I can be five to eight minutes late on occasion to things uh, with friends, not business. But clearly I can manage my own time because I'm never late to movies and I'm never late to massage appointments because (laughs) you can't get that sound back. So how can you help me? (laughs) We only have one hour on the show, so go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) we only have 15 minutes, so it's got to be good. (laughs) Well, I think you just answered your own question, and that is the things that are really important. You always make it to on time. So those other things that you're not making it to on time, that you're five or eight minutes late, you don't value. And maybe you should flip that around and say, well, what about everybody else that is there? Do I not value them? Because it is not a good thing to waste other people's time. And so a lot of times I try not to think about what's in it for me. But if there's a room full of people, everybody wants to get going and everybody wants to do what they came there to do, not to sit and wait for the person that's five to eight minutes late. So for me, it's about respect and it's about respecting the people that you set up an appointment with and showing them that respect. And you're probably an incredibly respectful person. So maybe if you change the paradigm and you start to think about other people and how valuable their time and their energy is, maybe it'll make you think, because clearly you're capable of being on time. If you can make it to massages and other things on time, you know how to do it. Well, so here's the thing. I never really get a massage and I rarely go to the movies. So I think that we have to go a little deeper because I do really value, appreciate, respect, and known to be a thoughtful and considerate person. My biggest challenge, I think, and this is where I don't know if I'm the only one, but I bet some other people could benefit from is this whole idea of thinking I can get, you know, I instead of leaving 10 minutes early, I think I can get something done within that 10 minutes that checks me off my list. And then it takes longer than 10 minutes. And then the whole cycle starts. So in terms of like literally managing time in terms of giving people tips and practices that can be be more behavioral change oriented, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say one of the biggest things is we never schedule time to do nothing. We never schedule time to get those things done that we 
carry throughout the day, things that need to be done, right? We feel as though it's a successful day by overscheduling it. But when you schedule time to actually get work, not go to meetings, not to do things, but actually give yourself the time and the space. And I do that every day. I give myself exceptionally long lunch hour because I know that I don't want to get to the end of the day and not have even started my work or have had time to exercise or call up a family member. So I actually hard schedule in time, break time, so I can do those things that I want to do, I need to do, and I don't really schedule into my time. So I say hard scheduling some empty time, some free time, so that you know, okay, well, instead of being late to this meeting, or instead of trying to get 10 minutes and get this done, I know that from 3 to 5 this afternoon, I'm going to have time to do this, and that's when I'm going to do it. That's a really good idea because I do think that I can always put a few things off that don't, they're not, you know, being and tying this back into entrepreneurship and business ownership, which I think is always so important on the show, especially is that, you know, running a company, especially if it's a startup, you typically have a smaller team, you are working under a significant amount of pressure, whether it's to yourself as a business owner or to investors, if that's your scenario. And it just always feels like, in that type of scenario of, of running a startup or being an entrepreneur, even, you know, even to that place when your business is successful enough and you have people to delegate things to, it just always feels like your plate is so full and almost like it's, it feels almost impossible to schedule those times. So what I'm hearing you say is, is if you make that time to do things a priority as opposed to just assuming you're going to get around to it. Yeah, I mean, I look at my schedule out a year from now, and the only thing that I have scheduled besides birthdays and occasions is I know that from 12 to 2, I'm going to be working out and I'm going to be doing my work because that's hard scheduled in years in advance. It's just part of my lifestyle. It's part of my practice. And You're 100% right. Being in business, you have to expect the unexpected. It happens all the time. You know, I run a nonprofit. Stuff happens all the time that I didn't really prepare for and I didn't expect. But yet now I know I have a pocket of time that I can address it in. What are some other uh, practical or tactical tips that you can give somebody? Because I think... And, and you can speak to this, you know, with your training of, around being a mindset coach, but it also feels like to me that there are certain personality types that are more, their brains just seem to be wired better for time management. Like punctuality is something that literally feels inherent to them. But I also understand like military backgrounds have a tendency to have, lend more to better, not better, if you will, but a more dedicated focus on time management and things like that. So do personalities and, and people's backgrounds, family backgrounds, does that make a difference in how you play? They how do, you but, time? but time management is about practice and changing your behavior and changing your habits. And you can learn through practice to change your habits. I mean, if you're consistently always late for the same meeting, you know, maybe you need to look at what you're doing before and change your habits and just have a really serious conversation 
as to the whys. Why why is this happening and what you can do about the why? I mean, you can't predict traffic, so maybe what you need to do is say, okay, well, instead of saying, I'm going to get there in 10 minutes, there's a possibility it's L.A. It may take me an hour to get there, so I'm going to lot for an hour. And if I get there early, well, then I can do X, Y, and Z. But I think if you start to look at the whys, you'll have a better understanding as to whether you're repeating the behavior. And then you can start to think about, okay, well, what can I do to change my behavior? And you can change your behavior. I never used to be a morning person. Now I get up super early in the morning and it's my favorite time. I used to be one of those people that was late to everything. But now I leave, I try to leave twice as much time as it takes or I think it will take. And that positions me never, ever to be late. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to pivot a bit and ask you about your specific business yourself. You're a business owner. You have several, uh, you run a nonprofit as well as for-profit businesses. So could you share about, you know, how you got to, because I think it's so interesting. You said that you used to always be running late and now you coach on time management. So Um, You know, what got you to this place as an entrepreneur? Well, I think for me, you know, I do have multiple businesses, and I did go from the corporate life, which was pretty rigid and had a lot of tried and trues and processes and be here then and you can't be late and all of that. So I think a lot of my background, but I think when I'm really learning to prepare for is that stuff happens. Things take longer than I expect them to do. Things go wrong, and we need to make sure that we're prepared for all of those things that could potentially go wrong. You know, when I look at something, I try to think, okay, well, it goes well, what does it look like? But if it goes wrong, what does it look like? And what am I going to do to respond to that? And I try to really think things out a little bit more methodically. You know, what's the repercussion of this decision? What could potentially happen based on that decision? You know, just even being more planful in how I spend my time, the things that I do, and the goals that I decide I'm actually going to go after because, you know, we all need a sense of accomplishment. And it's so important, especially in today, where there are so many things out of our control that we do have some things that we feel really good about and we feel like we're owning them and we're acing them and that we've got control over them. And I think that's really important. But the other thing is, you know, a lot of times we look at something big that needs to be done and we totally freak out. It's a huge task. And a lot of times you can break that task into little micro steps, micro moments. And when you can start to break things into smaller chunks, they become more attainable. They become easier. It's usually a lot better on your psych if you know you've got to walk a half a block versus to walk a mile. So I tend to look at things in increments and tend not to look for the whole thing all at once, but how can I work towards that goal? How can I make progress? Because progress is good. You know, it's, it's not always about getting it all done at once. 
And what if, as an entrepreneur and with the multiple different businesses that you have, one of the biggest challenges that you've faced in starting and growing your business? I would say people and hooking up with resources that really understood your goals and people that really understood what was expected of them and were able to deliver. I mean, when you make bad decisions about people, nothing in your team or on your team can work. You know, if you underestimate what they're capable of, what their skill set is, what they can accomplish, it just never turns out well. And so I think it's really important to make sure that you go through all the time and energy to put the right people in the right places. I started my nonprofit, and it's taken me four years to get the right people in the right places. I've had so many people, good people, but not necessarily using their assets or using their skills best. You know, I maybe hired them or put them into a position because it made sense, but I really wasn't thinking about what they were bringing to the table, how they fit into the organization, and how we would all work together and harmonize. I mean, building a a team is so important if you want a well-functioning organization. You guys love each other. You talk to each other. You know, you're able to work. You're able to play. That is so important. And a lot of times we don't have that harmony at work. So I say, you know, having good people is important, but also having good goals and strategies on how to realize those goals. You know, too often we just say things are going good and we don't measure them. And so we don't know what type of progress we're making. And from my perspective, what gets measured gets improved. And if you have all different types of metrics, you're better off because then you can really start to evaluate things from multiple perspectives. Well, we were talking about about your book, and I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your book and your attendance at the upcoming book fair. Yeah, I'm so excited to be in L.A., and I'm going to be at the L.A. Times book fair. I wrote a book called Happiness is Your Responsibility. And it's an inspirational, motivational coffee table book that you can pick up, read a page or two, put it down. And it's meant to give you tips and tricks and ways to lead a happier, more fulfilling life. And there'll be parts in it where you laugh your butt off and parts of it where you cry. But it's a really fun book that at minimal will give you lots of ideas on how you can add more joy in your life. Well, that sounds amazing. So what was the catalyst for you to write the book? I had been speaking to a lot of people about happiness. I have been studying a lot about the art and the science of happiness and more the science part of it and what happens in your brain. And I started collecting all this information and people like, share it, share it, share it. That's so interesting. You mean I can do that and it'll give me a set of endorphins or I can do that and it will, you know, put me in a good mood. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I just started to put all this stuff down. And before I knew it, a book poured out of me and it was at a good time, right? I mean, right about now, people just, you know, they put their happiness on the back burner and 
that book is all about, you know, we're here right now. Put your happiness on the front burner. You have one life. Live your life. Have a good life. We have a couple of minutes. I'd love to hear what some of those things are that your friends said, oh, I didn't know you could do that, or I didn't know you could do that. What, what it, fill in the blanks on what that is for us so that we'll be even more intrigued about the book. Yeah, absolutely. I think people don't understand the neuroscience of the brain and that the brain actually can transmit neurotransmitters that will make your body feel good. It'll give you energy. It'll make you feel happy. And there are so many things um, you can move and exercise and you get that euphoric feeling. Getting a good night's sleep increases the dopamine and the serotonin, which makes you feel good. Eating a healthy meal also is another way. Um, your brain needs fat. When you eat things that have good fat in it, you actually get more creative. So, you know, a lot of times people don't think about the science of happiness, but there is a lot of data behind things that make us happy that are things, just self-care things, easy things that we can do that will improve our mood, improve our energy. And actually, if you were to go underneath an MRI, your brain would light up like a Christmas tree when you were doing certain things. Wow, that cool is stuff. very... <laughs> so even like the idea of like a emotional support animal, or there's a lot of connections between animals and happiness and music and happiness. So is, are those things that you've experienced with your clients that have been helpful? Well, yeah, but I'm going to get back to my 28-pound fat cat. And it's amazing to me how, you know, when he sees me, he starts purring and he's really, really happy. And then he jumps up on my lap and he's making all these noises. And I think, you know, human beings are the same way when there are things we love and we're around them. You know, we secrete these hormones that make us feel good. And it's, it's nothing is better than being happy. It's, one of the most powerful emotions, it reduces illness, it increases heart health, you live a longer life, you have better relationships. The byproduct of happiness is are so many things that have been measured and monitored. So I think happiness is one of our most important emotions. And if there's anything at all we can do to lead a happier life, we should. Because it is a powerful tool. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Yes, Brian Radio yeah, Show. Go ahead. Unfortunately, we're all, we're off the air. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.